just, um, I'm going to be talking about prayer tonight a little more. Um, but last night was awesome. We really had a good time. And um, we're focusing for the next mo nine months basically because we have a conference coming. And um, Holy Spirit is doing awesome and amazing things. What's the matter? <laughs> okay. Okay. Something wrong with me? <laughs> my, my hair standing on end. Uh, but it was a really, really good night. And I just, I really feel like some things happened um, to move us ahead. And I really felt that the Holy Spirit was, you know, there was only a few people here, but it was really, really rich. And, I, and the best part about it is people participated. And it's no, it's like the worst thing in the world. You know, we got worship going the whole time, so it's a good, you know, come on, it's a good environment to just pray into. But there's the worst thing in the world is when you have a prayer meeting and you have people come and no one prays. <laughs> and it's just the, the senior leaders that are praying all the time. And so I just, I really want to encourage you guys to come out, and we'll do this once a month, but I mean, it's more for the region, that we're just believing God to just release grace over the region, over southern New Hampshire, northern Massachusetts, come on, wherever you step your foot, <laughs> that the kingdom of heaven is going to come and be released. So we had such a powerful time, and I'm going to share a little bit of, of part of an experience that I had last night, and then I just want to talk to you about prayer and promise tonight, okay? How many have promises over their lives? How many believe in God for something? Two, three, four, five. Okay, there we go. Now people are listening. But the Holy Spirit is really wanting to do that, and he wants to really come in and give you life in what you're believing for. How many like hope deferred? <laughs> I don't. I don't like it when I'm hoping and wishing. Come on. God is not about wishes. God's about releasing the goodness of who he is over everything that we've, everything that he's declared over us, right? And so I just want to believe tonight that God's going to do something to ignite our prayer lives, to give us a perspective so that we can see clearly on how prayer and intercession works. And uh, last night I had a phenomenal encounter with the Lord and I saw angels, come on, just release seed over the region. And it was seed for what? Hunger and expectation. How many need hunger and expectation? I do. I need every day. Yeah, I, I need it. And I ask the Lord for it. And I think if we don't ask the Lord for those things, come on, we kind of we kind of wax cold in our prayer. Because if if the if we don't listen, you want to pray and you want to believe. And how many want to just go into their prayer closet and just have, come on, dull time. Come on, man, I'm up for that. Really. I just, I really, really, really believe that the Lord is bringing us into a new place of prayer because really nothing will get accomplished without intercession and prayer. And the promises over your life, can I tell you, he's not responsible to make them come forth. He gives them, he's faithful to them, but he is not the one that's responsible for you carrying that out. Someone say ouch or amen. Yeah, 
And I believe that. I believe that his life, come on, he's given you the spirit of life inside of you to pray and to intercede and to have communion with him and to believe God. So I just want to talk about there's, there's roadblocks to prayer. There are. And I just, I really want to talk about a couple things that hold us back from getting breakthrough. And um, the biggest roadblock to vibrant prayer is, is out of four, uh, Romans 14, 17, which says, the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You say, why is that a roadblock? That's, I'm going to map out right there. What's the problem? What we have problems with when we're continuing to try and pray and we can't touch heaven. Why? One, because of righteousness. Why? Because of righteousness. I'm going to flip them. Righteousness. Instead of praying out of righteousness, we pray out of, pray out of shame, guilt, and remorse. Come on, this is going to be truth. We're going to walk in truth tonight because there's things holding us back from getting the promise. So righteousness, it's shame, guilt, guilt and condemnation. The Lord wants us to be free from those things so that we can pray fervently. When we constantly fight with, with uh, condemnation and guilt, then, come on, you're spending all the time trying to wrestle through that. Are you hearing me? Second thing, peace. When we, when we, when we function out of anxiety and no peace, confusion, we don't know what God's will is, we're anxious to whether he wants to release things to us. The Holy Spirit wants us to be confident in these three things. The kingdom of God is what? It's not eating and drinking. It's not like the flesh. Come on. But it's righteousness, peace, and then joy. Joy in what? Both, both of the above, what I just said, if we fight with condemnation and we fight with confusion and we fight with anxiety, we have what? No joy. And the Lord wants to release joy above all else to us because John 16, ready? Here we go. And you're just going to get in the meat of what I, what I wanted to say. John 16, 23. And I'm going to turn there because there's a lot. But it says, in that day, you will ask of me, Nothing. What? You'll ask of me nothing. In that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, you will receive, that your joy may be full. Whoa. That your joy will be full. Here's the thing that God wants us to understand is that when we ask and we have communion and we begin to talk to him and we begin to re release our hearts to him and release all the things that he's he, he purposed and promised to us, there should be good, a lot of joy on us. Come on, we shouldn't be in this place of anxiousness. Come on, can God pull this off? I think he can. Right? He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me. He might not love me. He loves me. 
The Holy Spirit wants us to realize that God really, really loves you. And there's a lot of joy that we should be operating out of rather than condemnation, guilt, shame, and all this stuff because of what? Because of what we did yesterday or an hour ago or whatever it might be. And I'm not justifying what, you, what we may have, come on, if you fell into something. I'm not justifying that. But I am saying this, your position, positionally, you live out of a place of a pure heart, a clean heart. And God's wanting us to understand that prayer, come on, you get promoted in prayer when you begin to pray with joy, when you begin to pray with faith, when you begin to pray with understanding, with wisdom, with knowledge. And the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of that. Where is all that? John 23, where was I? 16, I never even made it there, see? Because there was something in there that I wanted you to see. Back up. 21. John 16, 21. Did I, what did I say? What did I say? All right. Okay. That's what it is. But I'm backing it up. Because I'm going to show you something. Backing it up. 21. A woman, when she's in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has been given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. I just want, man, you know what? Jesus was the best teacher. And we have to understand that God is wanting to birth things in prayer. And, you know, I, I never had the privilege to give birth. All the ladies said, yeah, amen. <laughs> but I've been there. I know this. Don't ask questions you're not asked. Someone's not asking. Don't ask any questions that your wife is not asking you. Why are you asking me that? The Holy Spirit wants us to realize, I know I'm making jokes. But I just, it's a good illustration because this was the truth. You know, we, we prepare that whole time. Come on, there's a nine-month time where you're praying, you're believing. This is what we did with our kids. We pray, believe, we prophesy to the womb. And then, then one of them comes out, first one, bang, there she is. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And the Holy Spirit gives us a, an amazing baby. But listen, it didn't come through one moment. And sometimes we have to work and push and coach. Come on. I was just coaching. I wasn't pushing. I was getting out of the way. But the Lord wants us to totally understand this because I believe that there's such life in what he's saying. Every promise is a baby. Everything that's been promised in the region is a baby that God wants to bring forth and it can't happen through one person's prayer. Listen, guys, we have to come together even on, even on the issues of break forth, breaking out and revival in the region. I was so encouraged when I saw angelic movement and come on, it, just spreading seeds, spreading seeds, 
spreading seeds. And it wasn't something, you know, sometimes I'll see visions and I'll say, ah, was that me? No. I always ask the Lord that. Is that me, Lord, or is that you? I believe it was the Lord. I'm to- I, you know, I know the difference between some whimsical vision that I have or something I'm making up in my mind and I, when I have something real. And when the Lord releases something like that, I believe that he's wanting to sow seed. Why? So that great expectation will come to the region. So that great hunger will come to the region. So that we won't wonder whether God's going to do something. We know. As soon as you're pregnant, come on, you know God, that something's happening. Something's growing inside of you. There's, there's a process. There's a gestation period that God's talking about. And come on, this, this is not the first time this has been used as an illustration. But God wants to bring forth something in prayer, and it doesn't just happen overnight sometimes. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we get lucky. I remember being in a season, I'd say things, and it'd pop up. It's just crazy stuff. Like, what is that? But can I say that's not the norm? And sometimes we have to go through a season where we push and we move and we believe God. So the, the biggest roadblocks we deal with for the things we have already been, is things that we've already been given promises to. And listen, God's given you so many promises in the Bible. Things that automatically you have. And sometimes we're believing God for something we've already received. Are you hearing me? Sometimes there's things in the word that we have already received. You've already been given faith. It might be small, but you've been given something. You might, it might be something else. It might be a gift from heaven. Listen, you all have gifts in this room. Every one of you in this room has spiritual gifts, administrative gifts, different types of gifts. Whether they work, you, you work them in the world or you work them in church, you've been given gifts. Am I right? Okay, I'm just checking. I'm in the right room. And the Holy Spirit wants those gifts to come into absolute maturity. Does he not? And he's not responsible for that because he wants that, but he's not responsible for doing that. So I can have amazing words over my life. Like, like to, a week ago, right? And just, can I stop and just thank you all for just showing up, you know, crashing my house on Friday. That was just awesome. I was totally surprised. That was just amazing. And those of you who aren't there, you missed it. But it was great. So good. I was blessed. So anyway, I don't know why I did that. What? Totally smooth. You see, that's how my mind works. It just starts flying by. But I grab it or it's it's gone. So... But the Lord's wanting us to understand that we've already got things. And so in the Lord's economy, we've already been given unlimited access to heaven's storehouses. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Why? Because of the cross. Why? Because he's been raised from the dead. Why? Because he gave you a promise that you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's how it is. That's how it's been written all through eternity. I don't have another answer for you. But this is what I'm telling you. The power of God and the power of heaven is released over all of us if we just grab hold of it. Is that right? You know, he's given us these storehouses that are open. You've been given open access. Doesn't it say that in Hebrews? That we no longer, we do, he, he ripped the veil and we go through. So that means you don't have things binding you back from, right? And you've been given the fire of the Holy Spirit. That's the greatest weapon that anyone in this room could have. The Holy Ghost. 
manifest in your life. You know, we receive the Holy Spirit when we're saved, but there's a second baptism. And there's a baptism of fire that we receive. When we receive that fire, that gives you power. That's what Bible, that's what Acts tells me. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 1 says that I receive power to what? To do the same thing that Jesus did on the earth because he's given me his spirit working inside of me. And I don't have to, come on. He says, you're going to ask things in my name. Isn't that what he said? He says, you're going to ask and you're going to receive. So then you begin to speak things because we don't understand the power of our words. And instead of speaking words of life, most of the time we're speaking words of death or we're speaking words of maybes. That's the truth. Or the wishes. I wish. I want. But sometimes we have to really just grab hold of prayer because he's given us this, can I call it a weapon? It's a weapon that actually releases heaven on the earth because that's how he explained it to us in Luke, didn't he? He said that we're going to believe God to bring heaven to earth. That when we ask him that he's going to release the Father's grace for heaven to come to earth through you and I. And so you've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been given the fire of God to pray to declare and decree until things move. Anyone got any movement? Come on, is there something coming through the birth canal? Help me. I Come on, man. I'm telling you, God wants to burst forth things through declaration, through the power of, the, power of heaven in your life, and releasing that. You know, I, I was never, you know, that, that, that saying, pray until something happens. Well, that is push, right? You got to pray until something happens. And I'm not talking, you know, and here's my thing. I don't want prayer to be just this, like, awful thing. Like, why does it have to be discipline? Like, it should start with discipline, but then it should move to absolute communion and joy and amazing time with Jesus, that's what, that's what I call prayer. Like, and, I, and fun, it's funny because I think there's two type of people, and they're probably in this church tonight. Those that just kind of roll around when God shows up, like, come on, we just get real, like, it's all good. Something's going to happen. Maybe. And then we have those who are just, like, really trying to amp up, pray, Come on, push. Come on, moving, working, doing, 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 doing. And we have the other group that just, uh, just waiting for Jesus. <laughs> this is just how it is, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's all over the place in this room. So <laughs> here's where God wants us. Can I say, the pendulum goes one way and it goes the other, but he wants us somewhere. Come on, can I be down the middle aisle on this one a little bit? Because some of us, we don't move because we're just waiting for Jesus, and he'll do something. And then, and then if, if I feel like I, he's really, really on me, and I feel real anointing on it, then I'll do it. But if I don't feel an anointing on it, I'm not going to do it. And then there's others that will just run ahead of God and do stuff just to do it, 
because we've been commissioned, and there's things that we we, we got to do, and we got to get it done, and we can't wait, and I, and I'm having anxiety just thinking that way, right? So I got to reel it in. Am I right? Come on, look across the aisle. That's the other person. Holy Spirit wants us to be in that place. Listen, and I know he created us all differently, and sometimes he will move through our, through our very different expressions. Okay, can I just put it that way? Different expressions. But the Father is believing for the kingdom to come to the earth, isn't he? He knows it's coming to the earth. He's just waiting for the saints to grab hold of promises and run with them. And I don't want to run. I don't ever want to run ahead of God. Come on. I don't want to run ahead of him. But he wants to really give us something that will bring us into the fulfillment of everything he said. He wants to deposit that to you. And he just wants us to align with it. So Romans 8, tells, Romans, Romans 8 11 says this. But you have what? The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you. Is that right? I'm just checking tonight a lot. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you, moving inside of you, releasing promise through you if you just work with him. Because he can abide inside of you, but sometimes we keep him locked up. Okay? And so I, I, I almost don't like this statement that I'm about to say, but it's been said before, and I think there's been books written about it. And it's this. The kingdom's now but not yet. Mm. I don't like it. Why don't I like it? It's true, but I don't want to bring us into limitation. I, need to, we, I think we need to be careful with what we state we believe because of our experience. All right? I believe we need to be very careful with our statements of what we agree with and what we can agree with that makes boundaries and limits our lives. Because I don't want to bind my life up. I don't want to, come on, chain myself up because the kingdom's not yet. No, the kingdom is, is active and living right now. Jesus said this, if the finger of God casts out devils, it's the finger of God. And when the finger of God's on the earth, it casts out devils. I don't have to shout at devils. It's God's presence that casts devils out, right? I don't have to have some dramatic thing going on for a devil to come out. Even a healing, something like that. I don't believe that God is in, well, sometimes he's in the drama, I guess. But I believe it's, you know, he spoke the word and they were healed. So there's something of God in our confession. When they spoke the word and they were healed and they believed, come on, he saw faith on them. And so what is he looking for in the end of the age? Faith. I don't, want to make, I don't want to make statements about my experience and not have truth live in my life because it can't, right? When we say sin is human nature, come on, we're moving the parameters of what the word says after you've been saved. How many think that right now? I just said that and some of you just went, bzz, 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 bzz. yeah, it, it is human nature. Some of you did and it's, 
when you've been saved, you're now what? Living with divine nature. Come on. That's truth. You have the divine nature. Well, I have a struggle that Paul talks about. Do you? Apparently from Romans 8, you don't. <laughs> so if you're sitting and living in Romans 7, you do. Right? If you're living in Romans 7 and you're going to dwell there and don't go past that chapter, then you got to realize that what? The same spirit, that's what I just said from Romans 11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has absolutely set you free and wrecked your life. And you've been having, you got total dominion over sin, sickness, and disease. Isn't that the truth? That's what I thought. Okay. That's what I thought. Healing sovereign because some people aren't healed. That's not truth. That's not what the Bible said. We can see everyone that Jesus touched was healed, right? Every time the apostles went to pray for the sick, they were healed. They were healed in multitudes. So what happens is when we pray for someone and they don't get healed, we start lining up our theology with God, with not God, with experience, with what we've experienced in life. And the Lord wants us to grab hold of this, that the abiding glory lives inside of you and lives inside of you, right? Agreement with human philosophy. Because we can start counseling and doing stuff because it's a good idea and not a God idea. And we want God's ideas. I want God's ideas in my heart. I don't want them. I want this word to grow in my heart. And here's where, here's where we're going with prayer tonight. We, we must pray. We must believe that the word of God is true and agree with the word and not agree with our experience. Because the Bible tells me that he, he was pierced for my transgressions. That means my sin's gone. That he was bruised for my iniquities. We went over this a little last week, right? That he was crushed and, and the only one, ready, that ever had sickness put on them was Jesus, and it was by God. The only one. Hello? The only one. Okay. Truth must be declared, not the wisdom of the age. Right, and so we know this. We've been given the we have the throne of grace, and we're able to go with confidence. Isaiah sixty four says, "What? Oh, that you rend the heavens and come down." So we're living in this place where God's opening the heavens, and this this is the prophetic declaration of that. It's Mark ten, Mark one ten and twelve. It says, immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens. Speaking of Jesus, we know the scripture that he came up out of the water and the heavens opened. And, God, and the heavens were opened from that point. That's where I want to live out of. I want to live out of an open heaven. I don't want to live out of praying that God rends the heavens again. When he had already did it, when his son came to the earth. Why? Because when now the sons of God, you are the son of God, I'm the son of God, we're brides, come on. But the Holy Spirit knows this, right? Just as Jesus was the beloved son that he rejoiced over, he rejoices over you. 
He rejoices over the fact that when you come to the Father and you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, that he gives you more than you need. That there's life in our declaration. When we believe God to release the Holy Ghost into us and through us, it says that the Spirit, of, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and then a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And so can I tell you that? He does the same for you. Are you hearing me? He does the same thing for you as sons, as daughters. When God releases and opens up the, he has opened up the heavens. It's not something, we do it all the time, I do it. God, open the heavens. It's not my, what the word says to me, that Jesus opened the heavens, that he tore the place of any place that I was outside of God. And so now I can enter the holy place. I don't have to go through rending, you know, trying to tear things open now. You live under an open heaven. Are you hearing me? And so what's happening is most of our warring and fighting is shadow boxing. Can I say that? It's like we're, we're fighting an enemy that's not there. Like we're trying to, and believe me, I felt like oppressions come in. I don't, you know, but you have to, come on, I don't look at the demon. I'm going to look at God. I have to look to the Father and not to whatever spirit I think is activated and causing, come on, distress in the air and the atmosphere. Even when you go in to pray, pray for folks, right? So I choose to live out of something that's already been provided, and we all should. Because he's provided that for in me. I don't know about you, but he's provided for it in me. And I'm believing for that. And so he's been given all authority. He's given you all authority in your prayers. When you speak something, guess what? If you've been given all authority, who doesn't have any authority anymore in your life? He doesn't have any authority unless you give him authority. The enemy has no authority in your life unless you open a door and say, come in. He doesn't. When, I've re when I received the blood of Jesus, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, come on, something changed in my DNA, and I don't live out of that place of fear. I don't live out of a place of not knowing who I am as a son, right? So we don't want to give the enemy any place. So it pleased the Father that all the sons now manifest on the earth. Am I right? Okay. Prayer is where we get to engage. You get to engage God there. <laughs> right? It's not discipline now. Come on, it's this place where we, when we meet with the Lord, it's an amazing place. It's a place of intimacy. It shouldn't be, this is why I said right at the beginning, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom. That's your life in the kingdom. We don't live out of guilt, condemnation. We don't live out of yesterday's mess. We don't live out of what happened and the things I, he, he does say that if I don't forgive, if I don't release people, come on, that it's going to close things up for me. 
So you can't have a root of unforgiveness. You can't have all those things. Come on, there's, there's maintenance things that we have to do as believers, right? But the Lord is wanting us to grab hold of the fact that there is life in the kingdom that is full and full of joy and full of glory and full of power and full of life, and we don't live outside of that life. You live in that life right now. And sometimes there's a conflict and bringing forth what God has. Why am I saying that? Because travail, come on, changes the environment around us. It, you know what travail changes? Actually you. Travail, when we pray and we get in the Father's presence and he starts doing stuff and we're asking him for stuff and we're not seeing what's happening and come on, there's a grinding that happens. Has anyone ever been there? Come on, am I looking at the right people tonight? Okay, because sometimes it's God doing something inside of us. That's what the travails can sometimes be. God changing you on the inside. God wants to change us and transform us to look like him. And so when we get in this place of prayer, and come on, I keep bringing things to the Lord, and he's saying, you need to change. Why? Because you don't love that person to the degree that I've called you to. Oops. It's a refining fire. You need to change because you haven't forgiven that person. You need to change. Why isn't something happening? Come on, it's not bringing back, I'm not going back to guilt condemnation. I'm just going back to what the Lord says. And when he speaks to me, then I want to respond to him, right? Isn't that what we want? If he's saying something, if he's pushing on my heart about something, then I got to loose that thing and I got to release it to him. Paul makes this statement in Galatians 4.19. He says, my children for whom I labor until in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So, so the apostle was this, doing this. He was praying and interceding that what? Christ was formed in the Galatian church. He was praying for the purpose and destiny of a church, of a body of believers, that Christ would be formed. And so the Holy Spirit wants to use you in that. Come on, all right? While God keeps his promises, he's not obligated to keep our potential. Are you hearing me? He always keeps his promise, but he's not obligated to keep our potential because he, he can't keep our potential. He can't make us do anything. He can't push us further into prayer. He can't push us further into the place of, of, of intercession and into the Spirit, right? And then two ways we delay the promises of God. Ready? They're heavies, so get ready. By tempting God. What does that mean? By questioning everything he says. Isn't that what the children of Israel did? That's exactly what they did. It says it in seven, Psalm 78. It says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved, grieved him in the desert. And yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited, and limited the Holy One. They did not remember his power. And in that day, he redeemed them from the enemy. So it's real simple. 
Here's where we always get stuck. I'm going to beat my Bible tonight. I'm a Bible thumper. Here's where we always get stuck. It says, they te- it says that they tempted God and limited God. What do we constantly do in the church today in New England? Not here. Not this pastor. Come on. Most believers, most of us do it all the time. We tempt God. We do it. We question him. We ask, come on, did you say that? You really want me to go over and and spit in that guy's ear and see if it'll open up? Come on. I had to lighten you all up for a second. It's tempting God, and then the second thing is unbelief because they could never enter into the rest, right? I'm going to show you something crazy in Scripture that I didn't understand, but in Daniel chapter 9, right, it has Daniel. Daniel's praying for a whole entire nation. He's praying for the whole nation to be set free, right, from captivity. How many years of captivity? Yeah, 70. How many years before that? See, what happened was this. <laughs> I'm going to show you some principle in the Scripture. It's kind of scary. It's, it b- brought awe and fright to me. Because when we don't listen to the Lord and we continually not listen to him, all of a sudden stuff, he's going to get his way one way or another. Can I tell you that? He's going to get what is his one way or another. They went, they were told to take rest. Every, right, every seven years, let the land rest. Every seven years, let the land rest. You know, when he said that, they went 490 years before they got to take a rest. What was rest? Captivity. 490 years with no rest. Come on. That's like the awe of God right there. I'm like, I was like blown away. I was like, wow. Because they were commanded. You got to let the land rest. You must rest. You must rest. Instead of, come on, do, do, do. Keep going. Keep planting. Keep building. Keep moving. Keep going. Come on. And he commanded them to rest. Why? Because it was like himself. Come on, he rested on the seventh day. It was, it was law. Come on. But they didn't do it. And so now we have Daniel, went in captivity, was a young man, came out when he was an old man. A lot of years in captivity. But he's praying now for the nation. And he's basically repenting for the nation. God, we're not ready. It's almost that time, and we're about to come out of captivity. And Lord, you need to help us. And if you read it, chapter 9, he just continually, he's praying and asking the Lord to open the door that they could leave captivity in fullness with the abundance of God's grace. And so sometimes our promises won't come alive until we pray them. hear me you've got promises and God wants to release you into the fullness of that promise but they don't come awake they don't awaken they don't move until we pray into them right how many I know we just had a whole season of 
prophecy, and I feel like every time I go to a meeting, I get prophecy. <laughs> but, and I don't want it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Really, even there, I was okay. I wanted her to get a word, but last week I was like, no. I didn't even care. But we get a word. Come on, and when the word comes to you, immediately you want the seed to go in, and you want to start moving it. Come on, watering it. Come on, tend into it. It only happens through prayer. I'm telling you, it only happens through prayer because if I just go over here and I'm just take a nap. Uh, uh. I'm going to sleep on it. Maybe when I'm 25. Maybe when I'm 38. Maybe when I'm 52, maybe when I'm 89. Come on, somebody said, whoa, no. God's calling us to our promise. And so when we treat our promises casually, it's going to make us ill-equipped for the conflict. Because didn't he tell Timothy, he said, wage a good warfare over the things that were spoken over you. You wage a good warfare. Like a good soldier, you wage a warfare. What are you waging for? You're waging for the promise to come forth. You're waging for the life of the word to come into your, into your life. The life of what was spoken to you. The prophetic utterance that will come to your life, that will come alive and will awaken and will move. Right? And I went over Daniel 9. Good stuff here, Mark 11. This is one of the words I, I just declared last night, but it fit. So Mark 11, 22. So Jesus answered them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things, he, he will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask and pray, and you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. Ready? I could go into whole faith teaching right now. Big time. And, and if I was to, it'd be all right. But the Holy Spirit's what I want to point out a couple of things. For surely I say to you, Jesus didn't say he was going to pray for you. Jesus didn't say he was going to do the prayer for you. He said, I pray, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt. There goes that unbelief thing again. We need to believe God, just have faith and believe God that the things that we speak, can I tell you, I'm going to go back to our words are powerful. Whatever you declare over your life, over your wife, over your children, over your husband, over your mother, your father, your, come on, the guy down the street or someone else that you know in this room, whatever you declare has power and life, whether it's good or bad, can I say that? Because I don't think we realize, as believers, it's even, it's even more scary because I've noticed that when you declare things and you bring them forth and you begin to declare them and then all of a sudden things start to manifest that you declare. Now here's what I want. Don't be speaking bad things over me now. 
Come on, just declare, he'll be a better preacher. He'll see more miracles. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Be removed and cast into the sea. That means it's removed, gone, by. Mountain-moving faith, right? But believes in his heart that those things, shall, he says, shall be done. You must believe that when you speak and declare, and it's not all, come on, I don't want to get into the, you know, the blab it, grab it thing, because I'm not talking about, you know, speaking a Cadillac into existence. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? I'm saying when God is wanting to, wanting to move things in your life, right, there's a flow that we want to get in, and it's the flow of the Holy Spirit that when we declare things, that they activate, that we begin to declare life to the things that are spoken over our children, over our families, over our church bodies. We want to declare them that they, come on, that they would manifest manifest and that they would produce a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Come on, we want multiplication to whatever God says. I want it to multiply, God. And then it increases and goes to people around you. Come on, let it just be. Can we just believe that, come on, everything that God has said, all the promises will just absolutely come to life and then it'll begin to go to other people. That would be awesome. That's real faith. That the things that are spoken into your life, that the power of God, that the life of God that's in this word, there is life in the word. As soon as you hit it with the Holy Ghost, come on, the rhema word, as soon as it comes, bam, life comes. So it says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, you ask when you pray, you receive them and you will have them. You, you, you. I don't want to be, I don't, come on, I don't want it to be like a, a self-serving gospel. But he is talking about receiving things in prayer. The whole model. He went, what did he do before this? The whole conversation came out of them walking by the fig tree that Jesus had said earlier. You'll bear no more fruit. And the thing withered and died. And then they walked by it later and, and Peter said, dude. The thing's dead. <laughs> but the Lord wants us to realize that's the truth. And I know it was Jesus. But come on, I go back to Romans 8, 11 again. If the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the, bed, from the dead, come on, he just raised his mortal body. It was the same spirit that was in Jesus when he was walking on the earth. If it lives in you and lives in me, then when you speak things, your words have power. Your words have life. And we know that life and death is in the power of the tongue so that there's a release over, come on, your family. And I just want, come on, we want life. We want life. We declare life. We prophesy life. And so we're going to do that out of the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. Therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. There's something about our declaration. There's something about we, us rehearsing and declaring what's already been spoken. The spoken word. And some of us tonight need to, come on, we need to ask the Lord, come on, just come in with the fire of heaven to just, re, just totally renew that in my life. 
That's what we're asking for tonight, that God, you'd come with the fire of heaven right to that so that my words, that I would hear and believe. I would believe because, come on, God's about transforming our minds so that we believe what this word says and that when we receive the word, it lands on good, on good, 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 good soil. And then it begins to illuminate and live and, come on, thrive. I want the word of God to thrive in my life. And so every word that's been spoken over you, everything that's been, come on, that you're believing God for tonight, God wants to activate that in strength. Come on, it's not going to be a half. Come on, we're not going to go halfway there and then miss it. The Lord is wanting to really activate this in our lives in such a way. I'm telling you, I know, I know this is the Lord. And really, it goes into what we're going to pray for the region for the next month, nine months. And it's no coincidence it's nine months. It's no coincidence that last week I had a, a whole word about you know, birthing babies in the church. Spiritual. I don't know. Physical, just not in my house. <laughs> all right God's gonna do it God's gonna do it but you're gonna come into agreement with the Lord on it every good thing every good thing he's spoken over you come on and we don't remember we go back to the righteousness thing. we don't remember the stuff come on that he's already taken care of it's already done it's already been taken care of I don't live out of condemnation. I don't live out of, come on, I don't live out of shame. I don't live out of destructive behavior anymore. But we live out of life and truth. Come on, let's stand. I'm just going to pray a corporate prayer that will just seal this and take care of it, right? Because I'm believing what I'm saying, and I'm declaring it. That just takes care of it over all you all. How's that? The Lord always honors his word. He always honors his word. I know he does. I know that he does. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We just ask, Father, tonight that you activate our faith. Lord, I'm praying for every person in this place. Lord, you just breathe on our prayer time. Lord, that we would have amazing, intimate times with you. That there'd be a grace on our hearts to just move into sweet places with you, God. Lord, there wouldn't be a, a struggle or a fight anymore. Lord, we renew our minds. We believe that our minds are renewed right now. We're not going to fight and struggle. Lord, I ask that you break off every limitation in our mindsets. 
where we limit you. And Lord, we take the seed from every word, every promise that we've been given right now, every promise that we've been given, and we lift it up to you right now. We lift it up to you with our hands. We just lift it right up to you. And Lord, we, we believe, God, that you're going to release a grace and a power upon every word spoken. Lord, we live our lives in trust, in agreement, knowing that you're going to see, you watch over your word to perform it. He does, you know, he's, his eyes are looking to and fro. It's watching, peering, seeking the words that he's spoken. He watched over his word to perform it. That's why Daniel was rehearsing what Jeremiah had spoken about the release of all captivity. And Daniel prayed the prayer according to the word of Jeremiah. So Father, we just thank you that you just release truth. And Lord, when we agree with truth, it begins to activate in our lives right away. So we agree that we live out of a pure heart. We agree that we live out of a place of truth, out of a place of righteousness, out of a place of joy, out of a place of peace. We declare quietness and silence to every voice that's not yours, God. That we live in, in the light of the gospel where your purity is over us. That our minds are, are fixed on you. That our hearts thirst in such a way that, Lord, we touch you and everything becomes new. We thank you for your hand upon our lives. We thank you that all righteousness will be fulfilled in our lives. So we declare over every blueprint in this room and every blueprint over the whole region and over this church and ministry that, Father, not one word would fall to the earth, fall to the ground but that every word would be established in heaven. We thank you, God, for your love. We thank you for your joy tonight. So God, for everyone in here, Lord, I just ask that their eyes would be opened that their ears would be attuned, that their hearts would be aligned with your overwhelming goodness, with knowing your desire is to see every single word, every word not pass away. Every word that you've spoken, every word would come to fulfillment. So no more limitations. 
I just declare it tonight. I declare no more limitations in our thinking. No more limitations in our faith. Lord, I pray that you just release a great grace upon faith growth tonight. That every one of us would grow, begin to grow and grow and grow in faith. And Lord, help us to devour the word, release a hunger on our lives for the word of God. That we dive into it, that we'd eat the scrolls. That we devour the word into our spirits and live out of that place, God. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your life in us and through us. And I just bless you, God.